the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined by my co-host, Don Dix, a radio host extraordinaire, radio legend, and uh, you still had the uh, act chapter in Corona. Um, rulers have always wanted to control the flow of information to the people. It's so much easier if people just obey rather than having to send the guards and the army and lock them up and execute them. It's just so much better and easier if they just voluntarily comply, hence wanting to control the flow of information. And with the formation of the Internet and the wide adoption and use by ordinary people of the Internet, that created a huge problem for the rulers in how to control the flow of information. Well, after about 20, 25 years of the Internet, they're now beginning to find ways to reassert their control over the flow of information through censorship of the means of communicating on the Internet. And we also see through means of taking payment over the internet. And to help us sort this out is we have Alan Bokori, if I have that pr- uh, pronunciation correctly. He is a tech writer with Breitbart. He's located primarily in the United Kingdom. I went to Oxford University, studied history and politics, and how he came out sensible and seemingly conservative. I have no idea, but every once in a while they screw up and let one through. And we're pleased, we wrote an article earlier this week on Breitbart entitled, This is What Election Interference Actually Looks Like. So you can look at that. That was published on August 20th. And welcome to our show. Um, thanks for coming on. Thanks for the great introduction, Greg. It's great to be on. Uh, and you did get the name right first, first time. Nice one. Wonderful. Um, yeah, as you were saying, uh, governments and the powers that be have always tried to control the, uh, the, way, the way their systems communicate. And the, the great thing you have in America is the First Amendment, which constrains the power of the government to do it directly. Uh, but now the people who, who sort of want to censor what they consider offensive opinions or opinions they don't like politically are now turning to the corporate sector, which now has a vast amount of uh, control over the communications of ordinary Americans, thanks to these, you know, thanks to the concentration of uh, of the web in these, in these, uh, like a handful of uh, Silicon Valley giants like Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. You know, you have, there's a place in the UK called Hyde Park. And there's a place in Hyde Park called Speaker's Corner that the term get off your soapbox originally, I believe, came from. It was the fashion to bring a soapbox or some box, some sort of box to stand on. I guess soapboxes back in the day were prevalent because of the uh, just the way that the economy was where. But people would bring soapboxes, stand on them and speak and have debates, free speech debates. 
I don't believe there was any effort at that point in time for anyone in control of Hyde Park to control who had the ability to stand on a soapbox or not or control any part of speech. Um, unless I'm mistaken, was there any attempt to control speech in that day? Uh, no, not, not to my knowledge. And, you know, these, those were the good old days before political correctness. Uh, and it wasn't like there were no sort of dangerous radicals around at the time. You know, back in the 19th century, you had, you know, people like Karl Marx, maybe the most dangerous philosopher in history living in London. But yet he was still allowed to have free speech because, you know, the uh, the Anglo tradition is to, you know, maximize free speech and let good ideas defeat bad ideas. Uh, but that idea, that, that, that whole idea of, um, of open debate. They seem to have gone out of fashion recently, not just on the, uh, not just in Silicon Valley, but uh, also you, you mentioned Speakers Corner. We had a couple of speakers uh, from Germany, uh, Austria, sorry, uh, coming to give a talk on uh, on immigration. Uh, one of them was uh, Martin Selner, and then there was Brittany Pettibon, and they were detained at the border and prevented from entering mm. uh, en route to Hyde Park to Speakers Corner, and uh, they weren't allowed to speak. So. The uh, the tradition of speaker's corner and getting on your soapbox and being allowed to say whatever's on your mind uh, certainly doesn't seem to be very fashionable in establishment circles today. I mean, there was a time when the elites, they championed freedom of speech. They thought that was important to a free society. And boy, that has changed. Mm. And th- this is this is this is how uh, social media platforms initially sold themselves. It's how Mark Zuckerberg and uh, and Twitter and Reddit and all of these platforms once they once sold themselves as these open platforms where anyone could come and have their say as long as what they were saying was lawful. Twitter once called itself the free speech wing of the free speech party. That was first said by one of their VPs and it was echoed by uh, their former CEO um, as well. And. Uh, they've totally gone back on, on, on this promise. Uh, it started a, a few years ago, but it really accelerated in the last two years since the, uh, since the election of Donald Trump. Silicon Valley was really blamed, I think, for, uh, for sort of letting Trump win because uh, the way the campaign used Facebook in 2016 totally outclassed Hillary Clinton. So certainly, I mean, the, the, you can certainly make the case that social media did uh, help Trump win in a totally legitimate way because it had allowed people to bypass the mainstream media, which was heavily against them, heavily against Republicans. Uh, so it's, it certainly allowed the message to get out. And now the whole effort of the, uh, the Democrats and the mainstream media has been to reassert themselves, as you said, uh, against these social media platforms, put pressure on them to develop this ranking system uh, where they sort of up, down rank what they call misinformation and fake news. But what they're really doing is, is going after uh, competitors of the mainstream media. Um, mm. Whereas, and, and at the same time, they're now going to start boosting, you know, material from CNN, from uh, from MSNBC, and from other mainstream outlets. You're even going to start paying them for exclusive content. Gotcha. And that's an important so, point. Uh, that, that's, that's where we are at the moment. That's an important point is that this is not just independent decisions by private companies about what they want to do. They've been under heavy political pressure from the Democrat Party here in this country and from various governments in Europe to suppress speech that those governments and those political parties don't like. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I could sort of sympathize with Facebook and Twitter if all they were doing was saying, well, OK, hate speech is illegal in, say, Germany. Uh, therefore, we're going to block it in Germany because otherwise we're, you know, promoting unlawful content. You know, you know change, change your laws to support free speech first and then we'll allow the content. That would be a reasonable position. But what they're now doing is they're imposing the same European standards of hate speech 
on Americans who were where you know where you have a first amendment tradition where you don't have hate speech where hate speech is actually unconstitutional to have laws against them right now you have an article that i want to pose as a cliffhanger here as we break for a word from our sponsor um why tech giants aren't the same as christian bakeries and there's a notion out there that says well these tech companies they are privately owned or publicly held by shareholders but essentially you know they're they're their own business they have the right to make their own decisions about you know how their business model works uh you you make the article uh, the argument that that doesn't hold in this case and i want to explore that when we get back because um there there i i think that's really where the conversation on this begins is are they really free speech platforms. We'll discuss that with our guest, Mr. Bakari from the UK, sounding awfully uh, well-connected to us today here on the Unite IE Radio Show after a word from our sponsor. Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your direct mortgage lender. If you're considering a new home purchase or the refinance of a current home, and you know everything about every financial option, your income is plain vanilla, straight salary, and you have perfect credit, then perhaps dealing with one of those online lenders you see on TV makes sense. However, if you don't consider yourself a financial expert and you want someone you can trust to listen to what you're looking for and suggest the best option for you, then call us at Wholesale Capital at 855-640-2020. Whether you're a millennial buying your first house, a baby boomer wondering how to get out of debt before retirement, or a retiree who needs a plan to help you live more comfortably, we can find products and strategies that fit your scenario. In the age of rising interest rates, increasing home values, and mortgage products that are changing daily, you might want to talk to the experts that can help navigate through some options to figure out the best plan for you. Call Wholesale Capital at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, weekends right here on AM590, The Answer. License by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker. License number 01147747. NMLS 9873. California Finance Lenders. License number 603K610. AM590, The Answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program, the radio show for the most important political office, that of private citizens. And we're exploring a topic today where are private citizens able to express themselves freely over this giant new playground called the Internet, given what we are now seeing some of these tech giants doing to help us parse that out. We have a guest with us today that writes almost exclusively about technology, lately almost exclusively about what Twitter, Facebook, and other social media platforms are doing to curtail speech that they don't necessarily agree on or that maybe their uh, other other participants don't agree on. His name is Alum Bakari. He writes for Breitbart, and you can find his articles. He's very prolific. His articles are featured on Breitbart. Seems like you've got an article that comes out about every two to four days. And uh, I really appreciate you taking time to uh, join us over here because what time is it? Over in the UK, it's getting close to uh, your bedtime, isn't it? Uh, oh, it's not too late. Uh, 8, 8 p.m. I don't tend to go to bed uh, too late. One of the advantages of working for an American company in the UK is that you don't have to get up till noon. So it's wonderful. <laughs> Very good. Um, so you, you, you wrote this article about why making an argument, I guess, about why tech giants aren't the same as Christian bakers. Of course, Christian bakers have tried to exercise their 
their free speech, if you will, through their businesses based on their faith based values and run afoul of uh, laws requiring them to serve anyone that walks through the door. Why are tech giants not the same? Absolutely. Well, so it, it, it fundamentally comes down to, I think, you know, the, the sector, every sector of the economy will have some common sense regulations, hopefully not too onerous, not too unreasonable. Uh, so like even a Christian baker will be subject to food safety regulations, which most people would accept that, uh, you know, are totally fine. What's unreasonable for the Christian baker is being forced to uh, provide services for religious ceremonies that go against their own personal religious beliefs. Uh, the, the real, uh, the, I mean, the differences between a Christian baker and uh, a massive social media company will be obvious to, to most people. But, you know, for the sake of argument, I think it's necessary to spell it out why these social media giants might need regulating in a way that Christian bakers don't. Because it comes down to this argument, well, you know, does Twitter, does Facebook have a right to sort of its, its own point of view? I mean, that, uh, should they be obliged to host uh, people on their platforms that, you know, their own company disagrees with politically or it goes against their values. Um, so here's the thing. A Christian baker can't really damage, and it's very difficult to imagine them damaging another business or damaging someone's livelihood or someone's career based on the decisions they make. So you can compare social media companies a little bit to the financial sector here. The financial sector is heavily regulated because, you know, mistakes in the financial sector can lead to you know people losing their jobs, losing their savings, losing years of investment. And social media platforms have grown to a similar level of influence to the point where you know decisions taken by a Silicon Valley executive could potentially lead to someone losing years of investment or losing their job. Um, so because you know the, the way the media works today is you know if you set up a new news outlet on the internet, you're going to need to rely on Facebook to you know build an audience. Uh, it's very unusual if you're not going to use social media to get your message out. So you've got all these businesses relying on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and other platforms to, uh, to, to for the survival of their business. So when one of these platforms makes a, makes a decision to change their algorithm, say, for example, as Facebook did last January, they changed their algorithm to downrank um, uh, brands and news outlets uh, and public figures. Actually, Donald Trump's engagement, the engagement on his Facebook post dropped about 45% after Facebook made that change. So it's pretty easy to see why they were doing it. But one of the, uh, one of the knock-on effects of that change was their uh, entire business models overnight suddenly became unworkable and unprofitable. Hmm. Uh, one site, uh, a totally non-political site called Little Things, had about 100 employees. They saw their traffic just plunge overnight. They had to lay off everyone. Wow. So 100 people lost their jobs because of a decision made by Facebook. So it, it comes down to, like, you know, should they be allowed to just make those decisions without any warning, without any standards imposed upon them that you know, affect so many people? Uh, I mean, the, the, a Christian baker doesn't have that kind of uh, power and influence over other people's livelihoods, whereas these social media companies do. And the other thing is uh, their influence over politics. So one, one point the Democrats are making is that, uh, you know, social media companies should be held responsible for Russian interference in the election because apparently, according to the Democrats, Russian propaganda had this vast effect on voters and that's why uh, social media companies do all this pressure to change their policies. Now, actually, in fact, uh, Russian propaganda didn't have much direct impact on voters. There have actually been studies by political psychologists uh, who are mostly anti-Trump. Uh, I think the leading researcher on this is very anti-Trump, but even he admits that Russian propaganda on Facebook did not swing voters because the ads were being seen by people, by partisan people who had already made up their mind. 
but nonetheless, Democrats are accepting the premise that you know these social media companies have enough influence over elections and over voters that uh, you know they deserve to be scrutinized and possibly regulated. Now, the real uh, threat of election interference doesn't really come from a foreign power. In my view, it comes from the technology companies themselves. Mm. So, in the past, in the past uh, month or so, they've kicked off. Uh, conservative commentators, uh, conservative websites, uh, anti-establishment websites and figures, collectively, you know, with an audience of millions. And that's going to have a huge impact on the uh, on conservatives and the right wing and the anti-establishment being able to organize going into the midterm elections. So it's definitely going to have an impact. So when you have these companies, which have, a, which have potentially has a huge impact on, you know, democratic politics, it becomes a question of, you know, should these guys, a handful of executives in Silicon Valley, have the unaccountable, unregulated power to swing swing elections. Mm -hmm. Right. I think they're they're providing a communication service. So if uh, this is not like the New York Times, and the New York Times gets to publish whatever it wants to publish and gets to choose what letters to the editor it publishes, it can censor comments on its website. But but, but they're not providing a communication service. Google through YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and some of these other social media companies, they're providing a communication service much more like the telephone company. And not to give the liberals and the Democrats any ideas, we wouldn't want to see the telephone company listening to your telephone calls and deciding they don't like your politics and cutting off your telephone service. Right, and actually they're not allowed to do that because telephones are regulated as common carriers. So they wouldn't even be allowed to do that. And uh, plenty of other, other industries aren't allowed to do that either. Like the water company can't cut off your water supply because they don't like your politics. Um, and, you know, social media companies are very much the same. They are communication platforms. They are not publishers. And what, the, uh, what these companies are trying to do now is legally very dicey because they're, be pub- they're trying to say, well, we have the free speech rights of publishers to, you know, kick off whoever we want um, and put our, impose our own view on the content being pushed through our platform. Uh, so they're saying, you know, we're, we're publishers, we deserve free speech protections on the one hand, but they're also saying they're platforms. And platforms, unlike publishers, have this special uh, special legal immunity under U.S. law where, where, they, where they aren't held liable for the content posted by their users. So if the New York Times publishes an article that libels someone or defames someone, you know, they might get a lawsuit. That's entirely possible. But if someone's defamed on Twitter, Twitter is not going to be sued because they're not going to be liable for, you know, millions and millions of people posting all sorts of things on their platform. Right. This- um, but the way, that law is, the way that law is written is that it's predicated on the idea that these are sort of neutral platforms for expression, that they're not publishers. Uh, so when Twitter and Facebook and these companies are saying, well, we're publishers, we, we have the same rights as the New York Times, they're, they're, saying, they're saying essentially that they're publishers, but they're not platforms, therefore they should if they want to have those First Amendment protections, they should say, okay, we're not platforms anymore. We're going to waive this legal uh, immunity and we're going to be liable for lawsuits from everything posted on that platform. They're I don't e- think they want to do that. They want to have it both ways. They're either going to be Hyde Park or they're going to be the people standing at the docks regulating this. We need to Let's take, take a break here. Yeah. And I want to talk about what we can do about this in our, in, our, in, our, in our next segment. After this word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your direct mortgage lender. If you're considering a new home purchase or the refinance of a current home, and you know everything about every financial option, your income is plain vanilla, straight salary, and you have perfect credit, then perhaps dealing with one of those online lenders you see on TV makes sense. 
However, if you don't consider yourself a financial expert and you want someone you can trust to listen to what you're looking for and suggest the best option for you, then call us at Wholesale Capital at 855-640-2020. Whether you're a millennial buying your first house, a baby boomer wondering how to get out of debt before retirement, or a retiree who needs a plan to help you live more comfortably, we can find products and strategies that fit your scenario. In the age of rising interest rates, increasing home values, and mortgage products that are changing daily, you might want to talk to the experts that can help navigate through some options to figure out the best plan for you. Call Wholesale Capital at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, weekends right here on AM590 The Answer. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Benjamin Franklin said that whoever would overthrow the liberty of a nation must begin by subduing the freeness of speech. And we see that happening now, not by the, so much by the government, although they're ultimately behind it, is by these big dem tech companies, which now control the means which most, which many millions, hundreds of millions around the world, billions of people communicate. And to help sort this out, we have online with us Alan Bacori, a tech writer with Breitbart News from UK, who had just written a great article this week on the subject, this is what real election interference looks like. It's not the Russians, it's... Silicon Valley are the ones that are really interfering with our elections. So what can we do about this, uh, both as, as individuals, as groups, as publishers, such as Breitbart, and if we can get our Republicans to ever do anything, what could, what could the government do to try to make sure that to preserve freedom of speech? On the internet. Well, the first thing that everyone can do is expose it when it happens. So, I mean, I'm sure many people listening to this radio show will have had it happen to them when Twitter comes and suspends them for no reason or Facebook takes down one of their posts. You know, make sure, you know, you shout loudly about that and, you know, send it into conservative news organizations as well and they'll cover it. Um, that's one thing you can do. Some people would say, well, you know, just make competing services. Uh, that's actually almost impossible to do because. Uh, not only are these social media companies arguably natural monopolies because no one really no one really wants to be on a social a new social media platform because it doesn't really have an audience at that point people want to go where all the people already are so once these social media platforms get to a sort of critical mass like facebook then they sort of become entrenched because everyone wants to be on the social media platform where everyone else is that's that's the selling point um so there's an argument that they're natural monopolies there. the other the other big thing is that uh when competitors have emerged uh, they tend to be shut down pretty quickly because the, it's not just the, uh, the big platforms like YouTube and Facebook and Twitter. The entire infrastructure is now biased against conservatives and free speech. So there's a website called Gab.ai. This is a free speech alternative to Twitter. Uh, their policy is quite simple. They'll allow all speech that is lawful under the U.S. Constitution, even if they, even if they disagree with it, if they find it you know, morally abhorrent, they'll, they'll still host it. And it's the responsibility of users to block what they don't like. Now, when they made uh, their uh, their app for uh, for the Google smartphones and for Apple, uh, what happened was the uh, was uh, Apple essentially kicked their their app off the uh, smartphone store, and then Google did the same thing. Um, mm. okay. So it's now impossible to download a smartphone app uh, for this uh, free speech platform. Um, and uh, when you consider the fact that Google and Apple control between themselves a 99% share of the smartphone market, that essentially means you can't get this app on any smartphone. 
Okay, let me, let me stop you there, because I because I, I have Gab and I use Gab and I and I cross post everything I do on Twitter or Facebook also goes on Gab, MeWe, and Minds alternatives. And I think we need to be building these things up. It may take some time, but as audience as their customers start leaving, that may put some real pressure on the big damn tech companies to change their position. And I've been, actually, I've, I've written, wrote you an email and Joe Pollack and another guy at, at Breitbart is Breitbart could, itself could help this if you would also do the same thing. Publish everything that you guys do on these alternatives. Include a share button. You have a, a share button on your stories for Twitter and for Facebook. So put a share in button for Gab and that would also help encourage that. So we don't want to abandon this. But we should start the exodus. Indeed. And, you know, that decision is not up to me at Breitbart, but uh, certainly it's something personally, you know, I, I'm, I'm very much in favor of building up these competing platforms. But, uh, but at, the, at the same time, I, I don't think the, uh, while it'll put some pressure on, on these companies, I don't think it'll be, uh, it'll, it'll be fatal to them ultimately because the non-political people will always stay on these platforms. Alum, I'm uh, sorry. And uh, also the, dis- the... I was just going to say, we have to uh, take a hard break here for our sponsors right now, but we want to continue the conversation with you. Thank you. We're talking to Alum Bakari. He is a tech writer for Breitbart. He has been writing extensively about the censorship that the tech giants, Twitter, Facebook, and Google have been using against conservative voices and voices they do not uh, agree with. We will be back with more on the Unite IE Radio Show after this break. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program, the show for the most important political office in the entire country, that of private citizens. We are having a most important conversation about free speech, about what's happening on the Internet with tech giants like Google, like Facebook, like Twitter, uh, censoring essentially uh, voices and opinions and speech that they don't agree with all started out, of course, with the effort to try to minimize the impact of foreign governments on our elections. That was the, of course, the backdrop against which this has happened. But now it's becoming a veritable feeding frenzy of uh, speech that these organizations or those that are pressuring them don't agree with. And we're speaking to get a better handle on this. Someone who has written extensively about this. His name is Alum Bakari. He hails from the United Kingdom. He is the tech writer for Breitbart. And we are so privileged to have you with us, Alum. Thank you for taking the time to be with us on an extended conversation about this. Now, This conversation is going outside the railroad tracks of tech giants that are in the communication business to tech giants that are in the payment processing business. Apparently, a headline on Breitbart this week cites the fact that payment giants Visa and MasterCard have sided with SPLC, the Southern Poverty Law Center, to cut off the payment processing services to the Horowitz Freedom Center and possibly others out there that use services like Patreon in order to process their donations, which, of course, are handled by Visa and MasterCard. It's all connected. Alum, are we uh, are we witnessing the beginning stages of the end of free speech over the Internet? I don't think that's an exaggeration. I mean, that's, that's not hyperbole at all. But David Horowitz has been a, uh, 
a key pillar of the conservative movement for decades. I mean, if, if MasterCard finds him unacceptable, he's going to find all kinds of conservatives unacceptable. Uh, and actually, the week before uh, the week before they did it to him, they did it to Robert Spencer, uh, you know, the founder of Jihad Watch. He's an Islam critic, so they're doing it to critics of religion as well. Um, and what's really terrifying about this is that you know, Mastercard and Visa, virtually every single payment processor on the internet, not just Patreon, but you know, pay, but also PayPal, uh, Kickstarter, Indiegogo, all of these uh, pay, payment processing systems rely on those two credit cards. Uh, so when when those two cuts you off, you essentially can't raise money uh, via credit card. You'd have to turn to something like Bitcoin. Uh, they did they did the, actually did the same thing to uh, Julian Assange back in in 2011. Mm-hmm. And you know, in fairness to some left wing organizations like the uh, Electronic Freedom Foundation, they're a fairly left wing group. You know, they pointed out at the time this is a huge problem that these two corporations with so much power don't have any standards imposed upon them that says you know they can't just cut off someone for political reasons. Uh, but not now we're seeing it happen to these, you know, pretty mainstream conservative figures. Uh, and I think what, the, what, the, what, what this, it, it ties into a much wider issue. Censorship is being outsourced to the corporate sector. So uh, at, at certain big companies, if you express conservative viewpoints, you will be fired. Like James Damore, the, uh, the Google engineer who disagreed with Google diversity policies uh, that happened to him as well. He's now fighting a lawsuit against the company. And you'll also be denied service. And that could be, you know, MasterCard, or it could be, you know, people, there have been stories of Trump supporters being thrown out of coffee shops. Uh, at the lower level, we had Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the White House press secretary, being mm-hmm. denied service at a restaurant. So we're seeing a real sort of political segregation emerging in the economy. And it, 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 it's the, the, end, the end game seems to be shutting conservatives and, you know, non-progressives out of the economic system, out of... Uh, out of these essential services altogether and rendering them unable to reach an audience on the internet and unable to do business. I really think that a lot of this stems from the fact that the progress, if you will, or direction that the progressives, uh, the political progressives, whether it's the <clears throat> worldwide open border zealots, the U- the UN uh, the, the the people at the UN that demonize Israel or the rank and file folks like Antifa and your average progressive, they saw their progress or their direction interrupted by Donald Trump. And I, I got to believe this is a, a reaction to the realization that their the direction they wanted to take the world and our country has been thwarted to a degree. Yeah, they they lost the ballot box, so they're now trying to bypass the ballot box, bypass the Supreme Court, bypass the Constitution by using corporations. Um, and and again, I understand, I sympathize with conservatives who say, you know, we've got to be careful with regulations, can't let government get too big. But I think what we have here is a situation where you can't afford not to regulate and still maintain a free, open society with free speech and fair elections. Because, you know, going back to the uh, the credit cards, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to set up your own bank, your own credit card company, and that would take <laughs> decades to build. Exactly. Uh, equally, you can't, you, you, can't, you can't set up your own search engine like Google. Google has a has, has the market locked down. There won't be another another search engine, maybe not, maybe not for you know, two more decades. And you know, in the meantime, Google could swing virtually every single election from now until whenever, if they, want, if they chose to. Well, I, I use DuckDuckGo as my search engine, and I'm, I'm happy with it. They're not as good on the maps, but other than the maps, I'm happy with how that works as a, as a search engine. I think that's an important factor is, is, is don't use these big damn tech companies when you have a choice. You, you, you have a proton 
email address. That's a great alternative service that has more privacy, unlike your Gmail account where they search your emails to see what you're talking about and, and then sell that information to advertisers. ProtonMail doesn't. So there's, there's, there are alternatives, and I come back to that, that I think we conservatives should be using, advancing, and promoting as much as possible. Absolutely, and I agree with that, with that completely. I'm a huge fan of ProtonMail. I, I would definitely use them. I've had DuckDuckGo as well. Uh, that's definitely a great search engine. Uh, at the same time, you know, I have, we have to consider that, you know, the midterm elections are, what, two, two or three, just over two months away. And, you know, DuckDuckGo, great as it is, is not going to be able to replace Google within that time. So we have to sure. ask ourselves, you know, what, what impact are these big tech companies going to have on the democratic process uh, while these competitors are still building themselves up? Absolutely, which is why this is beyond my level of things to do, is there should be complaints filed with the Federal Trade Commission. There should be complaints filed with the Federal Election Commission. There should be more lawsuits filed. Prager University sued sued Google and was dismissed in the trial court. That's on appeal. There's another case pending in California against Twitter, which, which survived dismissal. And there needs to be, there should be a lot more of those cases, just as the left has done. They judge shop and try to find a judge around the country, somewhere in the country that'll rule in their favor. We should be doing the same. There should be lawsuits against these people under the First Amendment, under unfair competition laws, and anything else you can come up with. Same thing that the other side, same kind of lawfare that the other side wages. I mean, this, this needs to be an all out battle against uh, against these companies. Absolutely, and it has to be battle because, you know, nothing less than, you know, free speech and fair elections are at stake here, and it's a big deal. And, you know, classical liberals and libertarians, we believe in the free market, we also believe in constraining concentrations of power. And I think there's there's no doubt in my mind that what, what, what we're seeing with Visa and Mastercard, what we're seeing in Silicon Valley, is a concentration of power that's being actively used to quash people and silence voices. Well, and, you know, if we're talking about wider standards that could be applied to these companies. One of the things people don't often think about is, uh, and I think Donald Trump was sort of hinting at it uh, last week when he made those comments on Twitter about just letting people, uh, just not banning anyone on social media. Social media platforms don't actually need to ban anyone. That decision could be left entirely up to users. Users could be, instead of banning people, like even, even spam bots, like you, what you could do is you could give users a set of filters that they could, in as much the same way as Google has safe search, which you toggle on and off if you don't want to see, you know, uh, adult imagery on Google. You can turn that little filter off. You could do that for virtually every other type of content. You could do it for spam. You could do that for hate speech. You could do that for conspiracy theories. And then the decision would be in the hands of users and not these, this handful of Silicon Valley executives who would take their power away. And there's no reason for them not to do that except that they want to keep that power. I would think that that would be a reasonable opportunity to build a dashboard or a graph or a user interface that allows them to filter out the kind of content that they wish to filter out. Alum, I can't thank you enough for spending the time with us to uh, broach this very important subject. Uh, we wish you all the best in your continued writings, particularly you've got your own uh, tussles with free speech over there in the UK with something called the Public Order Act, which allows uh, your uh, police to crack down on speech that, you know, People find offensive. Um, so we both have our battles. Indeed. Uh, and you guys are very lucky with your First Amendment. You've only got corporations to fight against. We've got the, the government as well. 
But uh, that'll be that'll be the story of the next uh, well, who knows how long. But uh, but yeah, great great to be on. It was a great discussion, and and uh, thanks again. Thank you. Thank Godspeed you. to you. Wish you all the best. We'd love to have you back. Is this topic is definitely not going away. That was Alum Bukhari. He is the tech writer for uh, Breitbart, uh, spending a, a good chunk of time with us here on the Unite Inland Empire radio program. We will be back with more after a message from our sponsor for this half hour. All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. Car Star, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We just had a great discussion with Alan Bakori, tech writer with Breitbart, over the last four segments. If you didn't catch that, I encourage you to uh, get on the, on the podcast because literally freedom of speech is at issue, and it's not the government now that's censoring, it's big damn tech companies, often at the behest of government officials that are doing the, that are doing the censoring. This is very scary. Right. I mean, the party that is supposed to be all about free speech is no longer about free speech. Oh, no. Absolutely not. Uh, as Dennis Prager says, liberty is not a value of the left. It's true. And that's so true. Turning things a little more local. Orange and blue. Orange and blue. Orange and blue. Get your orange and blue. It's more yellow, but okay. You think it's more yellow? Oh, because I, I had one of the signs until it yeah. was stolen. <laughs> until somebody shot it. No, it was, it was stolen. I put it out in front of the office. Yeah. On a great, and there's a lot of traffic on that road there, yeah. and it was stolen. Yep. Well, it seems like you, you better get yourself one of those ring uh, doorbells or something, a little video camera, so you can monitor your sign. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're, t- we're talking about the gas tax. This is the Dem Pass gas tax at 12 cents a gallon for gas, 20 cents for DL pl- diesel plus vehicle license fees and it's been computed but wait it's not just that it's plus regularly scheduled increases of that that are that will go on an infinitum and not a penny of that is legally required to be spent on the roads and it is legally prohibited to spend any of that money expanding the roads no lane widenings no new lanes on roads no right and it's been figured out that the average family of four in California, will save $779 if this gas tax is repealed. And it's not like the state doesn't have enough money. The state has oodles of money. They just choose to spend it on other things. Uh, Senator Morlock computed that only 20% of transportation taxes and fees are actually used on the roads. They squander the 80% on other things. But the answer of the Sacramento Democrats is always... Not be more efficient, not reform Caltrans, which squanders vast amounts of money, not reprioritize things with what the people want. It's to come back and take more money from the people. 
Well, exactly. Not fix a bloated, out-of-control bureaucracy called Caltrans that ends up spending four times per mile what other states are able to do as they build new roads. It costs us in California three to four times, depending upon the state you compare us to, more to build a mile of road than any other state in the union. California has the highest gas taxes in the country and nearly the worst roads. But again, the answer is always to come back and take more money from the people. I just read an article this week uh, by the from the Orange County Business Forum or somewhere that's name close to that and extolling well, it's just so important we got all this infrastructure needs we need the gas tax and of course these are people who for whom $780 is not a problem this is probably one of the major get out the vote efforts that I think are going you know this is the one this is it, it will drive every election uh, around the state it'll drive city council races it'll drive assembly races it'll drive turnout for congress and it should drive it so you need to uh, if you're listening to this show get yourself a yes on prop six there's events you can go to the website and click on events and you'll find a list of events going on around california obviously you want to go to something uh, close by I'm seeing, for instance, on Thursday, August 23rd, uh, something in Covina. But fast forwarding to Saturday, Contra Costa County, Los Angeles, Palm Desert on October 13th. And they're constantly adding new uh, rallies and new events to the list. That website, by the way, is gastaxrepeal.org. That's important to mention, isn't it? I thought so. Critical. I thought so. Critical for our listeners to be able to navigate to the events page. That's why I'm here to back you up. They need to know the website (laughs) to go to for the events page so they can see what we mean by orange and blue Mm. or or yellow yellow and blue. blue. You'll be be the judge of that. And the the people that want this money, there's going to be a deluge of advertising trying to convince you to keep the gas tax. So they can get your money. And the Democrats in Sacramento can keep squandering the tax money that we're already paying them for the roads. So is this is going to be this was a citizen effort to get this qualified, and it's going to be a citizen effort to pass it. So whether that's getting a sign, that's kicking in some money, you know, kick in twenty dollars, forty dollars, fifty, whatever you can do to kind of, to make a competitive campaign. Well, attend the events, just, just as you said. This is going if you want if if you want your family of four. You want to have your $780 back, which is what the average family spends on Christmas. It's more than what a family spends, what a college, what a textbooks for your college student. If you want that money back, you need to do something. And it is where the motto that we always talk about on this show, the most important political office in this entire country, is that a private citizen comes to life is during elections when, you know, each one of us need to do something more then just go vote. We need to get involved in a local election. We need to uh, get campaign signs to put in our yards. We need to make sure our friends and neighbors are going to vote because typically in a midterm election, voter turnout is less than in in uh, regular elections where you know general election where the presidential vote is. And it's important to emphasize that despite what all the commercials you're going to see about fixing roads, 
is that not a penny of this money is required to be spent on roads. They can they, they pass an initiative in, in June, but that has a whole other thing, bike paths and trains and also anything else, plus other expenses where they decide. So don't be fooled. Not a penny of this money has to be spent on roads, and probably the vast majority of it is going to get squandered on other things, just like the existing gas tax and transportation tax revenue is being squandered on other things, not on the mode, the mode of transportation that most people use, the roads. And we haven't even talked about the corruption that went into securing this vote, where a billion dollars was passed in SB 132 that directed that money to four different uh, districts in order to buy the vote of those assembly members. Sabrina Cervantes is one. Richard Roth is another. Uh, they are both local Democrats whose vote was bought and paid for by SB 132. That's yep. Corona. That's where you live, Don. Sabrina yep. Cervantes is up. She's running against Billy Asale. Yep. Great candidate. Yep. So if you don't like the $780 being taken more in addition from your wallet or your purse... You can thank Sabrina Cervantes by voting for Billy Asale this November. Absolutely. We are going to have a campaign uh, candidate forum coming up here in the end of September. So stay tuned to the Unite Inland Empire radio program for more details on that. And stay tuned as we take a quick break for a word from our sponsor for this half hour. All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program, the show for the most important political office, that of private citizen. We've covered some extremely important topics during our show uh, today. Uh, First, we had... uh, Alum Bakari, a tech writer from Breitbart, on with us who has an extensive education and history um, on this topic. And he has been covering uh, from one corner to the other how the tech giants are actually interfering in elections by squelching the conservative voice. Then uh, we just uh, spent a a good chunk of time here on the... uh, Yes on six effort to repeal the gas tax. And we can't let this show close without discussing one of the most important issues that is shaping America right now, that of immigration and the latest ramifications of the U.S. handling of immigration or illegal immigration. And that is the death of a young college student that we found out this week was at the hands of someone who was here illegally, was allowed to remain illegally because of identity theft and fraud. And we, we even heard Je- uh, 
Greg, that there was a confirmation from the employer that they used the E-Verify system, and they had to come out and backtrack and say, nope, we didn't use the E-Verify system. Right. I mean, this is in this one case sort of illustrates the um, what's going on in, 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 with immigration. Is I, you can't imagine how, I, to lose a child, how terrible that would be. But to lose a child when it didn't have to happen, if... The politicians had enforced America's immigration laws. Molly Tibbetts would be alive today. So would Ronald De Silva, the son who was murdered of our friend Agnes Gibney, and so, so many others. Yet people like the Democrat Party, who wants to wants unlimited immigration and open borders to stack the voting deck, and people like this guy's employer who want the open borders to for cheap labor. And these people do not care one iota how many people like Molly Tibbetts or Ronald De Silva are murdered, killed, robbed, raped, run over by illegal immigrants, never mind the effects on American workers of, of this open borders mass immigration policies, which the National Academy of Science has determined is $500 billion a year of lost wages. None of them care one iota about these ordinary average Americans and how they're affected by immigration. They care only about their selfish political and economic interests. And I hope this is the key issue on which the 2018 election is run. I, I, I don't disagree with you. And I would add to this conversation the fact that not only have we lost lives like those you've mentioned at the hands of illegal aliens, but in a very closely related topic, 77,000 Americans have lost their lives because they've overdosed on opioids, some of which have been manufactured in the United States, but many of which find their way across the southern border in the form of fentanyl or heroin. 90% plus of those drugs that kill, you just said, 70,000 Americans come across that border, and the ruling class, the Democrat Party, business interests are perfectly willing to let that happen. It's time for change, folks. It's time to get out and vote. It's time to make sure that we vote in the kinds of people that are going to protect our borders and protect our lives. And it's time to vote out the people that will uh, bow to special interests, either open borders or, uh, you know, employers, economics. Get out and vote November 6th. Share our radio show and the websites and the content that we discuss. We'll be back again next Saturday at 4 p.m. for another edition of the United ID Radio Show. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.